Men, you may be seated. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be firm, be strong in the faith, act like men, and be courageous. As we think about this is Father's Day, it's not necessarily a religious holiday, you understand. It may be one more for the Hallmark cards, but we realize as we gather together, we do praise God for family. We recognize and appreciate the men of our church. Appreciate that as we understand from a biblical standpoint, you're called to be spiritual leaders in the home and uh, in the church. And we appreciate you. Appreciate those who are watching from home today. We want to take just a moment, certainly pray for you, maybe uh, give you instruction as well as acknowledgement today. If you didn't receive a payday candy bar on the way in, you can receive one on the way out. All of our men, whether your father or not, 20 years and older, we invite you to do that. Everybody needs an extra payday. Uh, from time to time, but just maybe just a token of our appreciation become a little bit of a tradition here uh, as well, and we appreciate you. And I was woke up this morning, woke up this morning and thought about my dad, who has gone on to be with the Lord, but I thank the Lord and certainly appreciate his great godly example that he gave me, know where he is today, and I appreciate that and understand there may be others who have lost dads, maybe others in a strained relationships, and we know that sometimes it's a day, but we can be thankful most of all for our Heavenly Father who knows all things, cares for us, and is our perfect example as well. And we understand Scripture tells us to act like men. I think it means to act like godly men or men who would be uh, worthy of the calling of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we encourage you to do that very thing. And we'd like to pray for you. We're going to pray for you as we continue to pray for our service today. Sometimes we stand in honor of our ladies, but men, I'm going to ask you if you would, if you're 20 years or older, father or not, would you please stand in the service today if you're able? We encourage you to stand. Sometimes what we might do in a service like this is we might get you to somebody, lay, everybody to come near and lay hands on you, but we're not laying hands during this pandemic, you understand. So you think about those who are standing near you, even if they're not one that is... Uh, uh, that you're related to and maybe think about perhaps maybe some of the men in your own family as well as we pray together let's pray together now gracious heavenly father we thank you for this day that you've made we thank you for the opportunity to come and to be a part of this worship service thank you for those who have gathered here as well and we thank you father for those who are watching from home and live streaming and father we pray certainly for safety and health for all we thank you, Father, for these men who are standing, men in the homes, men who are represented certainly in our homes and our churches today, and we thank you for these. We pray your watch care and your blessings lead, guide, and direct them. We thank you for the leadership that they have and that they will provide. And Father, we pray that you'll continue to allow us to be able to grow in Christ, to be able to follow the example and the leadership that we have from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, from the love that we know and we feel from our Heavenly Father. We pray, Father, to where... Uh, there are times of even hurting and uh, perhaps times of loss. We pray even now, Father, that you may provide much comfort, watch care, and, uh, Father, that uh, your presence might be evident in every person's life. We thank you for the family which you ordained, which you made possible in a way in which we might show love to one another and others might be able to see the love of God in each one of us. And now, Father, equip these who are standing here, those who are watching today, Equip us for the task that you have before us, both in our homes, in the community, in the church, and wherever we go. And we thank you, Father, for how you continue to use us in these days and the days to come. Christ Jesus' name, we lift these prayers. Amen and amen. Thank you, men. You may be seated. If you'll find your Bibles, if you will, we're in Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to be reading verses 17 through chapter 14 and verse 4. I think it says 3 on the screen, but we're going to go ahead and read verse 4 
matter of fact, we might read a few more verses as we move along through the service today. But we appreciate if you found a Bible or smartphone or something you can look on to. Certainly believe that that will be helpful for you here today as we continue to uh, work our way through the life of Moses, talking about the escape zone and what's holding you back. And we hope that the Lord is showing you that through him, nothing is holding us back from living the life that he has for each one of us. As you're looking that up and as we're kind of preparing, you were the first to be introduced. We're letting you know, if you don't already know, that we are having our candidate, our prospective minister to children come next week, that we'll be uh, meeting, be here in the service with us today, going to be at the picnic. You'll be hearing more about that. And I'm going to say it now, and I'll say it later, two services next week, 845 service primarily for senior adults. We're going to have even more social distancing. Saw a couple of you elbowing today. I think even a hug got in. It won't be happening, particularly in our first service. Even more social distancing for 845 service, 1045 for this service. The second service be 1045 and eat 1145 or start serving about then. So if you can remember 45, you can remember the times. Then it's 845, 1045, 1145 for these services. But you will be introduced to, and we've got a picture, I think, of the family. This is Jennifer McCracken, and that's her husband, Kyle. The older daughter is Kylie, and Brooklyn is the younger one, and they're going to be here with us. There's some more information about them. Originally from Montgomery, uh, she's a recent graduate of Southeastern Seminary in there in North Carolina, so they are living there now, and uh, uh, they, she grew up at uh, First Baptist Church, Montgomery, and uh, uh, so had two or three generations, I think, that probably grew up in that church and has come around. So they're praying and asking, and we're seeking the Lord's will in this. And, you know, timing is critical. Uh, you realize we want to be in the Lord's timing and only the Lord's timing, so we're seeking to follow that. We realize we're in the middle of this pandemic, going to try to do everything in a safe, healthy, and God-honoring way over the weekend. Maybe a lot of, you know, six feet waving at meeting this family and those kinds of things, but you want to be able to come and do that. So you be praying uh, for this family, but, you know, we would hope to have somebody in before the fall, school starting, those kind of things for our children, and uh, uh, should the Lord uh, lead and allow that. So we appreciate your prayers for that as well. And, uh, okay, so let's read our passage for this morning. And uh, we're in Exodus chapter 13, going to begin reading in verse 17 and read through the first four verses in chapter 14. Exodus 13, 17 says this, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Chapter 14 and verse 1 reads like this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Haharoth between Migdal and the sea and in front of Baal-Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. 
For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, and they did so. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word today. And they did so. Last words of the passage in which we read. May it be said of us that when it comes to following the Lord's direction, the Lord's will for our lives, and they did so. I, I invite you to come along on a journey with me. It's a journey that the Israelites are taking as they leave the land of Egypt. It'll take us not only through today, but in the, some of the weeks to come as we continue this journey that the Israelites are taking. There'll be some highs and there'll be some lows for the Israelites. I imagine there will be for us as well along the way, but we're going to begin to see some of the lessons that we can learn. Sometimes we're going to learn some of the lessons of th some of the things they did right. And then sometimes, hopefully, we'll learn from some of the things that they did wrong. Some of you that may be listening today, you need to understand that this particular journey that I'm asking you to take, it is not for everybody. It is for those who are saved. There are those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be here today or may be listening today, and you may not not know that you have Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may not have invited Christ in to be your Savior yet, but you're welcome to come along with us today and in the weeks to come in order to observe. And there'll be opportunities along the way for you to join us in the journey. And we want to be able to provide how to do that, specifically how you might be able to do that today and in the days to come. For sake of illustration, Men particularly, perhaps, I want to compare certain things for which we now consider essential for a trip that we're going to take or for a journey, a physical journey that we're going to take, things that you would consider essential and compare those to the things that we know would be essential for the spiritual journey that we have as believers in the Lord Jesus. And to help us maybe a little bit along the way, men particularly, because it's going to be a little bit of a riddle, I guess, because... I want, we're going to talk about things that you, we would consider essential now for a trip that we take that would not have been considered essential just a few years ago. And as we do that, there's, there's your rule. You begin to think, what would you take now? What would be considered essential that you wouldn't take? It wouldn't have been considered a few years ago to go on a journey. And as we do, we'll talk about these things are essential, particularly now as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, in our comparisons, and they would not have been essential for you before you met Jesus. Is everybody confused enough? Well, let's help you along the way. We've got, you've got your notes there, and we'll follow along. One of the things, probably the most obvious, perhaps, if you're going on a long journey, you're going to take your GPS, your global positioning uh, system, whether it be on your phone or in your car, Garmin-type device. Some time back, seemed like I preached a sermon that had to do with maybe God's GPS. We called it God's Positioning System. We know a GPS, Navigation System-based satellite system made available by 24 satellites constantly circling the globe, originally set up by the government, but now made available to anyone who wishes to use. And as you know, it will tell you exactly where you are and it will tell you and give you direction to where you need to be. And whether it's on your Garmin or perhaps even through uh, MapQuest or something like that, you can go the shortest route, you can go the quickest route, you can go the most scenic, whichever one it is that you choose for your destination. 
But long before this GPS that we take today, there's another kind of GPS the Israelites were to follow, available 24 hours a day, which consisted of the GPS, you understand, for the Israelites. We just read it. It was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now this presence of God GPS gave not the shortest, not the quickest, not even the most scenic, but it gave the one which was the most essential for the Israelites. It was the most effective route or route for God's people, you understand, because God wasn't so much interested in getting the Israelites from point A to point B as he was in being sure what they learned and what they needed along the way. May we be interested in discovering how we might follow the original GPS for our own benefit and doing that which would honor God. God led the Israelites, we find out, by reading the directions that we find in the Bible, not by the shortest route. shortest route would be by land, by the way of the Philistines, but instead they kind of went the long way around. Had they gone the shortest route to the, their destination of the promised land, it would have taken them about two weeks and not 40 years. But God knew spiritually, if not militarily, they were not ready. We, we know that God can bring victory against any enemy, but their immature faith might cause them, according to the Scripture, to want to turn back and go toward Egypt. Had they gone straight by the way of the Philistines and had they had to fight those battles, fear would have won out over faith. Sometimes God goes the long way around. We don't always understand. We don't always agree, but God knows our heart. In fact, you might be asking even now, why is God taking so long to answer your prayers? God, what are you doing in a particular situation? God, what are you up to? But let me remind you today that God knows what he's doing. He's never in a hurry and he's never late. We're reminded of that by our verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, some of your favorite verses that trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Well, the scripture says that we just read they carried the bones of Joseph. They gave that uh, little tidbit that's taking place. They're going, they're going along this route and they're carrying the bones of Joseph with them. Why do you think that would be significant? Probably because Joseph was a man of faith and he represented that. In fact, he was so sure, Joseph wasn't so, uh, he wasn't so questioning the time of when it would happen, but he said there will be a time that God will visit you and you'll go to that promised land. So he made his descendants promise that they would carry his bones so that they might be buried next to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who's carrying the bones? Did you notice as we read the scriptures just a moment ago? It says that Moses is carrying the bones. And I, can't, I don't know if he's carrying them all by himself. It's been 400 years. Maybe he just has a sack of bones. We don't know. Maybe he has some help, and it's just kind of considered that Moses is being sure that it's taken care of. But Moses is carrying the bones probably because it was symbolizing a symbol of walking in faith. And Moses was that symbol or carried it with him. Led by God with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. When the clouds moved, they moved. When the clouds stopped, they stopped. The cloud not only guided, but it offered protection, just like God's hand offers us protection, all those who are believers in the Lord Jesus. The fire also provided light at night. Jesus, we know, is the light of the world. Now, the cloud had to be an amazing thing. We, we don't know. We can only imagine. It's going to say more about the cloud, whether it went from earth to the sky, a particular cloud that was just... Uh, represented the presence of God in the sky and they looked up and they followed it we don't but it had to be an amazing sight 
but the pillar of fire that gave light at night. Now that had to be spectacular. I would have had a hard time sleeping the first few nights. I'd probably have to be watching that pillar of fire and that amazing sight. Do you know that the satellites for the GPS or NAVSTAR, as the government calls it, are designed to last about 10 years? The government's constantly making new ones and launching into orbit that which the Lord provides, though we know never wears out and the accuracy is guaranteed. Well, let me ask you, do you wish that God gave us some of the same signs? I mean, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't that be nice today to have that kind of sign to be able to follow? Well, being in the center of God's will, and this has been your notes, being in the center of God's will and following Jesus requires you walk by faith. And your faith is strengthened as you stay close to the GPS, God's positioning system. His positioning does not require 24 satellites, but something much better. Some of, something that does not wear out, something that never goes away, never has to be redone, and that is God's eternal word as we have read it today. That is the example that we have of our Lord Jesus Christ. How should we act and what should we be doing? We have the words of Jesus and the example of Jesus. And we have the Spirit of Jesus, also known as the Holy Spirit that is living in us. That's why this journey that you're taking with me and I'm taking with you and we're taking with God's Word, it's not for everybody because not everybody has the Spirit of Jesus living in them. We invite those who do not have Christ and do not know Jesus today, if they're listening or here today, to invite Christ to come in. But it's because Jesus living in us, he is the one who is able to lead and guide us as we need to be led. That which the Israelites followed also illustrates what's available to every New Testament believer. God's written word, it's called the light of truth. In Jeremiah, God said his words was like a fire. God's written word along with the Holy Spirit, following the example of Jesus, serve as our guide. Walking by faith does not mean not having any direction and going any way we like and just hope that God takes care of us. It's walking in the clear direction that God provides. How silly it would have been for the Israelites to have been walking in the wilderness and not follow the cloud or not follow the pillar of fire in the wilderness because it was protecting them, it was guiding them. They would have been truly lost somewhere in the wilderness. Well, how often, though, do we find ourselves wandering around and maybe not following God's direction, what the Spirit inside is leading us, because maybe we're unaware of the spiritual wilderness that will devastate us when we leave God's guidance and protection. We sometimes run ahead without a clear word from God. When we have a decision to make or in a crisis or facing, and we, and we don't have a clear word from God, it's because, one, we may not be asking a clear word from God, you understand? Or it... it Maybe that God desires for us to wait on Him and wait for Him to give us that clear path in that direction. Or it may be because we have been disobedient in a particular area that we need to repent of and turn over to the Lord Jesus. Jesus often works on the one step at a time plan. When you can be obedient in these things, and Jesus even told that, in small things, then He will give you greater things as well to be faithful and be trusted with. Sometimes we've not been faithful or obedient to something, even though we might consider it a small thing. And it's prevented us from getting clear direction from God on something else. I, I imagine that there are many of us here today that are wanting God to answer a prayer. Or we're going through a crisis of some kind, and 
We'll, I invite you to use this time to draw close to Him and to seek His face and give every area of your life over to Him. But primarily keep walking in faith by being obedient in the things that you know are pleasing to God. If you're taking notes and you want to write something else under your GPS, make sure you understand and make it personal. Maybe under GPS you want to write, it's essential that I walk by faith. We often think of walking by faith means not knowing what to do, walking some mysterious path. But mostly walking by faith means keep doing what you know to do. A GPS on your phone or in your car gives you more information, not less. Can, can we make it clear today that the Lord wants to give you more information and not less when it comes to your future or direction or what it is that God wants you to do? He wants you to be able to understand clearly and give you a clear pathway. Sometimes it is just the next step. Sometimes it is to be still, but you can be sure God desires not to make things confusing or complicated, but he desires for you to trust in him and to be able to know the direction that he wants you to go and be able to follow the exciting journey that you have with your Savior. Okay, something else, and hard to believe how... Uh, it hasn't really been that long that we've been carrying these, but it is your cellular phone. I don't know when it happened, but sometime along the way, we all became brain surgeons or emergency personnel that we could not be anywhere without somebody being able to get in touch with us at a moment's notice or us being able to get in touch with them. But it's just been a couple of decades that we would consider everybody would have a cell phone. If you find somebody now who does not carry or use a cell phone under the age of 80, boy, you think to them, you think how strange that is, how strange a person they must be. Do you remember actually looking for a phone booth so that you might make a call? Now, I know some of you are asking, what's a phone booth? Yeah, that's the thing that Superman used to change clothes in before he got that breakaway suit. You understand. Well, now almost every member of the family carries a cell phone, and we leave on a trip. We can confidently talk to the world, and the world can get in touch with us. What was once considered a luxury has now become another necessity, and most of us, including me, would not want to know how to get along without one. How does that illustrate being ready for the exciting journey that God has for you? Well, let's find out. Chapter 14 and verse 1 that we read just a moment ago, the Israelites seem to make a turn. Now, there's lots of cities there that are mentioned, but they actually, they, instead of going north, they turn south, then they seem to turn north again, then they go by the sea. Several cities are mentioned there. I've done my part in trying to pronounce every one of them for you today. Do I have a volunteer who'd like to go back over those for us? Trust me, they head off in one direction as if they're going east, then they come back and they go south, then they go north, and they go by north by what's the Great Sea or the Mediterranean Sea. They come to this city, and they come, and they encamp with their backs to the sea. Now, this did two things. One, it made them look like they were lost. And then it also looked like it, or it did, it pinned them in. And Pharaoh would realize that they were trapped and he would pursue them one last time. A final showdown would take place. He, he pursued them. He may have pursued them and in, in that he was going to wipe out the Israelites. That may have been his purpose in pursuing them. But in the scriptures in chapter 14, it says that they realized that their workforce was gone. So it may have been that he wanted to capture most of them and bring them back. We don't know exactly what his intentions were, but he pursued them this one more time. 600 choice chariots 
were an elite group of fighting men as well as the rest of his vast army. But like a master chess player, God moves the players around to make a final checkmate on all those who opposed him. God has lured the Egyptian army into the desert toward the sea. And there's a certain irony for the Egyptian army will be thrown into the sea much the same way that they drowned the male children of Israel in the Nile years before. And when the Israelites see the army approaching, they realize they have no escape. And though they're, they've now been called the army of God, they're terrified. Do you know that sometimes when we are at our weakest and things seem hopeless, that's when God does his best work. No, notice the Israelites' response to the Egyptian army when they come. It's in verse 10 of chapter 14. We read through verse 4, but verses 10 through 12 says this. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. The Bible says the Israelites cried out in fear to the Lord, and they complained to Moses, which, by the way, would be a common theme for this generation of Israelites. They said, Why have you done this to us, Moses? I want you to know that just in this chapter, will be some of the highest highs and the lowest lows of the Hebrew people and then the highest highs again because we read before it said that they did so. They did follow God out of Egypt and they were ready to follow. And then when the Egyptian army comes bearing upon them, boy, they fear the most. And then they're going to follow again across the Red Sea, which will be one of their, certainly one of their highest highs. But notice the contrast, if you would, in verse 8 of chapter 14 and verse 10 that we just read. In verse 8, Exodus 14 and verse 8, it says, They marched out of Egypt boldly. I imagine as they left Egypt, no longer slaves, taking the riches and the treasures of Egypt. They'd been saved from the plagues. They come out as an army, felt pretty confident, ready to follow God and take on the world. When they did not go by the way of the Philistines, it was because they were not ready. Though it says they went out as a looking like an army, God knew their heart. It wasn't, again, that God couldn't have given the victory. It was that their faith was still weak. They had enthusiasm, but they lacked the fortitude, character, and faith of God's people. Do you hope football's back soon? Can I get a witness? Listen, we hope... I can only watch so much golf and NASCAR. Oh, so I got a football story for you. High school football team, they had lost every game for four years in a row. They were the perpetual losers. Uh, some of it was due to their talent. Some of it was due to discipline. Some of it to do to leadership. But they were just had lost every game. Well, a wealthy businessman in that town thought he had had enough. He came and he told them he promised a car or a truck to every member of the team and to the coach if they would beat their arch rivals this Friday night. For seven days, you never saw a team so pumped up. They practiced with great enthusiasm. They uh, showed up every day for practice and stayed late. They uh, never was a team so pumped up than on the day that they were ready to play on their, that Friday night. You know what happened that Friday night under the Friday night lights? 
They lost 42 to nothing. Well, enthusiasm and emotion are hardly a replacement for discipline, obedience, and faith. The Israelites, filled with emotion, left Egypt with confidence, but they were terrified facing the Egyptian army. Yes, they should have cried out to God, but their faith was paper thin. Hebrews tells us in the New Testament, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Remember this, just as you grab your cell phone, confident that if anyone needs you or you need anyone, you can call and talk to them in a moment. Remember this, no matter what happens, you can turn and talk to God with confidence. Our emotions may be all over the place. There may be times that you're sad and angry and mad and upset. There may be times that you're feeling good and confident and overjoyed. But regardless of what your emotions are like, God is always there for you so that we might be able to receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Again, if you want to write particular something personal, maybe next to where you've written cell phone, it is essential my, to have daily fellowship and communicate with the Lord. It is essential that I have daily fellowship and communicate with the Lord. So, Again, we're picking up those things that we consider essential now, may not be essential before, particularly for a long trip. How about a suitcase with wheels? Yes, boys and girls, suitcases were not born with wheels. Now, I know, I'm pretty sure the wheel came first. I don't know why it took so long to get wheels and suitcases together, but anybody that's ever had to change planes or had to carry through a airport, anything like this, you know how essential it is to have a handle and a wheel that comes along the way. The Israelites would be, need to be ready to move in the direction that they had not thought of before. What powerful words are found in verses 13 and 14. I told you we're reading some more of this chapter. Chapter 14, verses 13 and 14 says this, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again after this day is complete. Those are some powerful words that are said. The pillar of cloud that had been guiding them went behind them, stood between them and the Egyptian army. It caused darkness to the Egyptians, but shed a light for the Israelites. While Moses said, watch and be still. Well, the things of God, their darkness and their foolishness, and misunderstood by the world and those who will not see, but they're understood and there's light and there's salvation to God's people who are ready to follow. Listen and see what God is doing. Moses stretched his hand over the water and the wind began to blow. And what had to be one of the most spectacular fashions and the waters divided so that there was a wall of water on the right side and a wall of water on the left side. And the word for wall there actually means a city wall. This was no stream that began to divide, but it was a deep undertaking that took place. And the Israelites passed along. This is important information that they went along on dry ground. What do we do after we're saved? After we become believers and followers of the Lord Jesus? Well, most of us are not taken directly to heaven, but God provides a pathway in which we're able to walk. We've got a spectacular journey that the Lord has for us. And there are temptations along the way, and there are crises, and there's 
downturns and upturns. There's highs and there's lows, and they're on the right side and they're on the left side. But if we follow God, we realize that He gives us a particular pathway to follow so that we might be able to follow Him and that there's nothing that will hold us back. He provides the surest way, He conquers all of our enemies. And Moses gave the children of God these commands in verses 13, 14, and 15. He said, Fear not, stand still, and go forward. But even walking for the Israelites, even the walking of between the walls of water had to be a fearful thing. But it had to be one of the highest, one of the greater things in which they did. God had brought them through the night to the other side on the sea on dry ground, but the salvation of the Lord was not quite complete. For the Egyptians pursued the Israelites to the sea. But what was salvation to God's people became the destruction and judgment to the enemies of God. When the Egyptians pursued, the Bible says that God troubled them and they became confused. In the Old Testament in Psalm 77 talks about this very event and it says in that psalm that it began to storm and the water or the ground became muddy with thick mud and the wheels began to fall off their chariots and that they knew they were in trouble once again and even in the midst of their pursuit they said let us fall back but they were not allowed to fall back wheels falling off the chariots do you think this is where we get the idea when everything seems to be falling apart we make the phrase the wheels are coming off but the Egyptians and the Israelites, and hopefully you and I today, have realized a great truth. It's found in verse 14 that we read. It's also found in verse 25. The Lord fights your battles for you. The Lord fights for you and me. He's doing everything in a proper God-like way so that you might go forward in Christ's name and your enemies of sin, Satan, and death will be stopped. He's done even more than the fight for us because He gave His only begotten Son who came born in Bethlehem, lived a perfect life, died horrible death on Calvary's cross for you and me. And through Jesus, he's done all so that you might be victorious in life and in death. Well, in one last act of victory, the Lord told Moses, stretch out his hand across the sea, and the sea returned back to its regular depth, covering the chariots, the horses, and the army of Egypt. Even those not in the midst of the sea yet were swept in and not one escaped. Now, some have tried to take the miracle part out of this particular event and said, well, it was probably a low part in the river. It was probably more of a stream. Well, how much more of a miracle that God took care of all of the Israelite army with a stream? But that's certainly not the picture that's painted, is it? Can I make this observation? The Israelites had seen a lot of destruction. I mean, in the plagues, maybe particularly the hailstorm and the tenth plague that killed all the firstborn of Egypt. And now the army of Egypt are drowned. The Bible says that the bodies are being washed on shore. What are we to make of this? As those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus and believe in the God of grace and truth and love. Because there's been some people who've read these events and have concluded if this is God, he's a vengeful God. But that's not true, is it? God's grace, full-blown in the, in the New Testament, 
It is threaded and weaved throughout the Old Testament. By God's grace, the Israelites were saved. But also by God's grace, Pharaoh and the Egyptians are given many opportunities to repent. Sin and injustice will not be overlooked. There will be a day of reckoning. For those of us who are on our journey in Christ, the day of reckoning came almost 2,000 years ago when Jesus was taken to the cross and the reckoning and the judgment for us took place on the cross of Calvary. Praise Jesus for what he's done for us. So when people read the events such as this, they say, oh, this was like a vengeful God. It's not that. It's a warning out of love. So while God is a God of grace, he's also a holy God. It cannot overlook sin, and one day there will be a day of judgment. So those who are reading this, and it's included in a real-life story, but believers who, or those who are non-believers reading it today might be able to understand, I need to make things right with a holy God. Not just so that I won't be swept away, but also so that I might be on the journey that the Lord has for me as well. I invited those who are not Christians yet to observe our journey but they cannot be a part of the journey. But you're invited any time to come along with us by placing your faith in Christ. The central question is, what or in whom will you put your trust? Proverbs, Solomon wrote in Proverbs, Proverbs 21 and verse 31. Maybe he was thinking of this very event. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. For you who are on the journey already, when God decides to do something... He may not do things exactly the way that you think they should or will be done. In fact, it's hardly the way in which we think it's going to be done. But we can trust Him. And for Parkway Baptist Church, one of the things that we're doing this year is to continue to make plans for the future while seeking the direction of God. Sometimes God goes the long way around for His purposes. And you can be sure of this. God's way is that which we will know for sure was his plan and not our own. But here's the application that has to do with a suitcase on wheels in case you missed it. We're still going back to, we're going to be planning and preparing and packing as we should, but however, do not be so burdened by the things of this world or even your own plans that you cannot be mobile and flexible and go forward wherever and whenever the Lord leads. If you want to make it personal somewhere in your notes, if you've written suitcase with wheels, what in the world does that mean? Submiss be, I will be submissive to God's leading. So on a mission trip, sometime back we were on one of those mission trips to where we have lots of flight changes, I guess. And, you know, we take sometimes old suitcases, borrowed suitcases that just in case can be left if something happens to them. Well, this old suitcase, one of the wheels had already come off and so it was going crooked tried to carry it, the handle broke and then the strap broke I ended up taking off my belt tying it around the place where the strap was and pulling that thing through the airport keeping my trying to keep my pants up along the way and it was it was a long day to carry that thing where it needed to be can I tell you don't let this be the picture of what God is doing to get you where you need to be instead let it be the picture that you're ready mobile where do you want me to go, God? What do you want me to do? One more that we'll give you, and then we'll be done. If you're going to take a trip today, you might not have taken a few years ago. And that's a digital camera instead of the one to where you used to take with the film that you had to take in. We want a digital camera now because we want to take the picture, and we look at it. Take the picture, and you look at it. You want to be able to look at it instantly today. You would consider that essential. You would not go on any kind of a trip 
unless you had some kind of digital camera with you. Do you know where we're going with this? I, I think when they saw the sea come back and the Egyptian army dead bodies on the seashore, for a few moments there was awe and silence. It doesn't say that. The very last two verses in chapter 14, verses 30 and 31 says, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Verse 31, Israel saw the great power and the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. It doesn't say this, but there might have been just a few moments of all in silence. And then they cheered and they sang in worship to a mighty God. Verses 15, 1 through 3 says, Moses said to the people of Israel, sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider is thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he's become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Some of you are more exuberant in worship than others, and that's okay. Here's what you need to do as you begin to see your spiritual camera view that God's at work in and around you. And we need to practice worshiping and celebrating the incredible ways in which God has touched your life. That's what makes the journey exciting. For what's the difference in the digital camera and the regular camera? It's the instant picture. One day in the future, you'll be praising God in heaven, all of us. And even if you're not very good at it now, you will be. But an essential part of your equipment now is that you learn to celebrate and worship along the way. And there's all kinds of ways. It's a private worship. It's public corporate worship like we're doing now. Even serving God in the New Testament is called an act of worship. The trip that we're to take following Christ will hardly be calm, should probably not be considered tame. But if we want to be ready, we need to take these essentials, a GPS, walk by faith, a cell phone, constantly call on God, a suitcase with wheels so that we might be ready to move in a digital camera celebrating regularly God at work. These will give you the trip of lifetime that never ends. These remind us of the essentials on our journey. And I ask you once again today, do you possess the essential element to begin the journey? That is that you know Jesus. Not that you know about him, but that you know him personally. And we invite you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ personally, that you can call upon him today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask Christ to come in to be your Savior and Lord. Put your faith in him. And if you're doing that today, if you're watching today and you're doing that or if it's something that you want to do and you need help along the way, would you let us know? Well, you can email us and go to our website. You can give me a call. Call us here at the church. You can use online uh, uh, the connection card. Well, there's a membership card that can be used since we don't have regular walk down the aisle these days. If you're looking to join the church, we invite you to share any decision with us, certainly by bringing it here by the office, calling us, filling out one of the cards on the website. We encourage you to do that very thing. If you're here today, you know Christ is your Lord and Savior. We, the church, want to help you as a Christ follower to carry the essentials to grow and get the most out of the journey. But understand, this is just the beginning. Just as it was for the Israelites, they finally have left Egypt. But it is just the beginning.
this is just the beginning of seeking and following after him.